Chichini Ambuyu. For instance, for me, as I was joining campus, I was so eager to get into a relationship. Yeah, yeah. all of us. In it, a difference in experience. It's really easy if, if you didn't have education about what really happens in campus. In as much as we want to be quiet about this, this is something that should also be incorporated. I invite you to be vulnerable. I invite you to be open. I invite you to share your insights and experiences. Once again, hello everybody. Welcome to Chinyambuyu Podcast. This is season six of the podcast. Yes, we are recording the Campus Cafe series. And we are now in the fourth episode. I hope you've been listening to the other three episodes that have been building momentum for this fourth one. In this one, we're going to talk about rape culture in universities, which is an epidemic at this point, I could say. And I have guests in university who can who will help us demystify and also uh, shed light on the issue and also maybe talk about legislation and what can we do to reduce incidences of rape in uni. So my guests, Karimuni Sana, to our studio, just jump right to the introductions, share with us your name, one, and in one word describe how you're feeling today. My name is Candy, and I'm so excited to be here today. Hello guys, my name is Kelly and I'm just enthusiastic. Hi guys, my name is Lavender and I'm feeling very fabulous today. Hello, my name is Joanne and I'm feeling grateful for the opportunity to, to talk about, you know, taboos. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can share how I'm feeling today. I'm feeling excited to have met you all. Yeah, you're a very engaging bunch of people. I love you guys. I, I, I admit love Mapemas. <laughs> Anyway, um, let's get into this conversation that I would admit is very heavy. Uh, it's something that we don't talk about, but we have to talk about it because it's happening in university. So in our previous segment, you shared how in your freshman bash in your universities, you've had incidences where girls are dragged and then they are raped. So we want to get to the conversation about rape and also other types of sexual harassment. So maybe you can share uh, the traps or like such as parties or things like that that are set for girls and young women where this occurs in your schools. All right. So um, let's talk about rape. Uh, truly, rape is a very sensitive topic when mm. we start talking about it. And um, we have seen it in universities. We have seen it. Actually, it happens everywhere. So talking about rape in university, mostly I have seen it in the freshers' bashes nights. Mostly that happens a lot. However, that's not the only place where you find that rape is happening in campuses. So, uh, in our hostels, you could hear of rape here and there. And um, it's something that is taken seriously, I would say, especially in my uni. Because um, there are punishments to you raping. What what happens after there's rape or what happens after you have raped? However, it's it's a very sensitive topic to the especially to the girl child speaking to the emotional baggage that you carry from rape and all that also speaking on the same i think it does not only occur in the freshers bash in another instance you'll find that some guys become like they start some kind of friendship with you and they usually get the opportunity to come to your room like to say hi in our in our school we are open like a guy can come in your room oh you guys don't have those strict rules yeah, that, are, uh, oh, we, we that, don't have that boys can come into girls hostels yeah. and girls can't go into the boys hostels yeah and mostly it can start like a genuine friendship nenda kutembelea rafiki yangu and in some instances you may find yourself the two of you alone with no one 
and in most of the circumstances I've had that most of the attempted not like rape rape but attempted in one instance I had like the boy and the girl were alone in the room and the guy attempted to force himself on the girl so I guess those are some of the instances where rape happens are your hostels safe yeah we, we usually have security is it but enough but i don't think, well I you know think anyone can come in your room openly i love for i think for for instance time, the parklands um the campus we were in you you find that for because it's for mostly the seniors they don't have those strict rules that like when you go to the other campuses where juniors and seniors are together so in our campus you see like you mingle and the really? restrictions are not really there yeah okay uh, maybe this side of the table can share traps that are set for for young women in in uni like they shared okay so firstly rape can take form in various ways you can have a guy forcefully making you have sex with him you can have a guy manipulating you or trying to coerce you into having sex with you and in one of my recent experiences with a friend you can have a guy collaborating with friends of yours your roommate as well in order to drag you and force you into having sex with him you can also have a guy who is following you around stalking you getting to know your schedules and all and then when you are most vulnerable he pounces on you as well yeah i think for me i'd only add one point that is alcohol because you know you go drink with your friends and because you think you're safe with them Uh, you know you you really don't know what will happen when you know this person is this drunk and then you find sometimes you know guys forcing themselves on you know their girlfriends because you are a different person when you're drunk yeah yeah and also think you've touched on girlfriends when you're in a relationship i think also in marriage like there's this whole notion that you can't get raped in a marriage or in a relationship but it does happen guys it does happen So are there other forms of sexual harassment I can share? People just touching you randomly when they're hugging you. Do you guys have hug culture in your school where everyone is just like Yes. Yes, me personally I've experienced it. Someone comes to your room and then just because you're wearing like an open top, he starts touching you and then you know he's touching you and then you know you you're just like Oh my god. Let me just, you know, give my temper inside because I can't start screaming or you know do do stuff like that. And you know sometimes you tell someone and then he's like, "Ah, una ringa. I didn't I just touched your shoulders, you know, but the way he's touching you or you know sometimes when hugging, you know someone is hugging you and you can just feel like, like he's like so really pressing inside, you. yeah. So that you know they feel your breast or something like that. Like he's just so much. <laughs> yeah. So actually um just to add what Jojo has said mostly they prefer to hug you and they don't want side hugs. Mm. And so they they take um that moment to just sometimes they even put their hands on your buttocks and you're like no. You know you just have to get those hands off uh, my body because you know. So I feel like whenever you're hugging a girl it's it's actually etiquette if you ask them do you prefer hugs or you yeah. and if you don't it's have hugs, to assume that you exactly. want to be hugged and if it's hugs you can just do a side hug if you guys are friends and it's it's really okay that way yeah i think also there's this, this thing that you know people say that kissing is not that intimate you know and someone just wants to kiss you just because he feels like it. 
I just can't have your mouth in my mouth <laughs> and I don't even like you or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And I think I can also sort of add on to like catcalling is also I think for me I that I consider that a form of sexual harassment where someone will just even when you're walking in town you'll just be walking looking nice and then someone will catcall you if you don't respond they will insult you that is also a form of sexual harassment. So back to I think you mentioned that people can report rape in your school. So I want to talk about victim blaming. So in many incidences when people report rape they are blamed for what happened to them. What forms of victim blaming first of all occur and what have you had or what happens in your school? In our school I think mostly the the person who is blamed mostly it's the female because people will say why did you allow the guy in your room in the first place yeah or people will still say why were you wearing something which was not like let's say like they'll term it indecent yeah so that's most of those things are the reasons which are given to encourage like the rape thing and, and so um when you also talk about uh that the blaming I feel like sometimes those raping scenarios start like very beautiful gestures. You're just friends, as um, my colleagues have said here. You're just friends and getting to know each other. And sometimes they are they they sometimes even make excuses like, you know, I wanted to tell you, but I don't have the courage. As in, it's not right. If even if you have not raped me, you've just harassed me sexually. Or any indecent act that you have done to me, I have not consented, and it's it's actually better if you just spoke your feelings, and then I will be able to evaluate them and see whether really I want this done to me or not. So on victim blaming, I think there's a thing that you know, uh, why were you walking alone at night? You know, why didn't you let a man take you? You know, maybe contact someone. And also friend. like that whole thing of why didn't you let a man take you? Why would they ask you that if there's if it's a, a guy who's raped you yes. guys? Like, I mean the perpetrator honestly, is also a man, a man you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that you know, let's create awareness around victim blaming or survivor blaming and um you know support these people because you don't know what they went through only th- only them know what it feels mm. like just to add on that i think victim blaming is also a way to kind of evade punishment yeah from the guy who did it because you essentially all the blame that should be on the guy is put on the person who's suffered from the abuse I'll bring in something that is not controversial, something that's being discussed. I alluded to it earlier and you guys told me I'm old for saying kuchipoiwa. <laughs> Where um, you're not drugged per se, but if you've already said that you don't want to engage in sexual activity with someone, they will go out with you and then they will you guys will hang out, drink and then as as we said like alcohol has a way of altering your behavior. Yes, yes, yes. So maybe this person is not drinking but they are. They keep you know coercing you to drink or whatever and then maybe you wake up in the morning and then you guys have had sex so do you guys consider that trip and why i think the first thing is the definition of consent you know consent is when i said i said yes right but there's also a thing in law that you know uh some even when making a contract you know you there are things that we share a contract for example you know when you are intoxicated or you're not in the capacity to make the decision you know so i think that you should also make it like not a contract but you should also take it in that capacity that 
if this person is intoxicated, she's not able to make the decision. And if this person is, uh, does not have the capacity, for example, she's underage, she cannot make the decision, you know. There's the issue of, you know, a 15-year, you know, someone may look, you know, more than 15 years of age, you know, but the mind is that we're 15 years old. So don't look at a body and say that, you know, just because she's, you know, that... Maybe she's she's curvy, you know. Just because she's curvy means that she's, you know, in 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 that age of of having sex, not someone's age, you know. I also think uh, sex should be something that's enjoyed by both sides. It shouldn't just be a one-way kind of thing, and it's also a way of heightening the level of intimacy between you and someone. So for me, I think even before we get to sex. We have to have talks before sex so that we talk about what things do I like, what things do you like, the modes of contraception that we'll use. And also, this is something that should be sensitized across all borders. We should go and get tested before we start having sex. Mm. So if we get to a point where, for instance, I'm, I'm vulnerable and you take advantage of that, then that is non-consensual type of sex. Thank you. I think the question to you guys is, can you give consent when you're drunk? Not no. really. Not really. So um, just again to just um, borrow from the law, what the law terms rape is, is penetration without consent, which is unlawful. So um, I'm just imagining of me being drunk and... Uh, you're there telling me to have sex, and your judgment when you you when you're drunk is hazy. You can't. And even maybe you can't even move. You know, there's people who get drunk and then they sleep. And sometimes maybe you're even okay. It's similar to you're a bit sober, but then when they start enticing you and your body is on heat, you're just going to fall for it so easily. But does that really um, is adapt? that consent? No, it's not. It's not really consent. So as they have said, we are not living in the 18th century where a woman was some property. If I want to have sex, you don't even have to say anything. I'll just have sex with you. Right now, we know our rights. So it's better if you come to me and tell me I want to have sex even before we go and get drunk. And I'll have said yes or no. I also think that when a person is intoxicated, they, they don't have the capacity to give consent. And I remember we were having this topic in most of our classes. Most people were saying that consent should be like given in each stage of the... Yeah. yeah. So I don't think when a person is drunk, they have the capacity to give consent. Thank you. As maybe to the audience, you've noticed that we have some lawyers in the room. So this question is to the lawyers, I guess. Laws in Kenya, so it's in two parts. Laws in Kenya on rape and how it's handled in the reporting of rape. And we also have a medical student. Maybe you can explain to us the process of reporting rape. And also, I think there's, is it testing or gathering evidence, something like that? And maybe you, Jojo, you can talk about the reporting in your school. So they'll do Kenya, you'll do your school, and then you'll do that whole reporting and going to the hospital. And are there rape kits, something like that? where they, they test for semenos. I don't know. That's uh, that's what I want to know from you. All right. Um, so about the law on rape in Kenya, uh, for instance, we have the Sexual Offences Act, which defines what uh, rape is. And also we have the penal code that outlines the form of punishment that one gets for raping. So essentially, as I had referred to earlier, rape is where you penetrate a woman 
uh, rather actually they have it in both genders uh, you penetrate without consent and it's unlawful uh, so in essence whatever the uh, the criminal liability for anyone who commits rape is imprisonment for not less than five years so um for that for me I feel like it's still not enough because that's criminally because in law we have the criminal side of it and we have the civil side of it what about the civil side of it for instance there are repercussions that come with rape you can get pregnant okay and what will the civil side of it do about it for instance um in my view I felt like there should be adjustment in the law to allow for even if you make a claim for rape in a criminal court then you can also make another one in a civil in a civil court maybe for compensation because it will make you feel better actually somehow especially if you have an unwanted pregnancy from the rape again to just add on that when you get pregnant i've seen like um, to some extent if you look at the constitution or rather the laws of kenya abortion is illegal but rather i have seen precedents or what we call case laws that have decided if you are raped or if you got a, if you got pregnant from um, a raping scenario you could abort it they are allowing it i've seen it in some cases in the high court and so i feel like we are progressively making jurisprudence on the on the rape, rape issue rape issue but it's not still enough As Kelly has said, yeah, on the laws of Kenya, we usually have the Sexual Offences Act and the Penal Code, which usually provides the punishments for rape cases. But as we have seen, there is a gap in both of those statutes, especially even in the case where we have talked about rape in marriages. We see that the law in Kenya does not even recognize that yeah, they, they, can, be yeah, they can be rape in marriages. So we don't have enough provisions to cater for rape in marriages. Also, we know one of the challenges is in Kenya like cases take long so mm. most of those individuals who what's have, the average of what's the average time a case takes it depends the, even the 20 years is long it yeah. can delay to even it, 20 years yeah i think it also depends on the kind of evidence you have so yeah i think she'll, she'll tell us about uh, you know the reporting procedure but we can all agree that the process the procedures is long. is long and i feel like most people one of the main reasons most people don't usually go and report it's because they feel like will report and like it will take long justice will not be served this person enough. this person will revenge for yeah. reporting yeah and there's that psychological like trauma there's no openness in reporting yeah so i think those are some of the challenges we have in the law you asked me to talk about reporting in school mm. right so uh, i think yes there is a reporting mechanism in school you, you can report to you know this the student administration the the dean or you know you can even go to the nas and you know tell them you, what happened and also when you get into school in first year you sign a I don't know if it's called school school code but you know the laws of the school you know and it's there it's prohibits you know sexual harassment and rape and you know the the consequence of you know engaging in such activities is normally expulsion you know but and I think it's very important that they place such you know a heavy punishment on it because they're outside the the the, the laws outside or maybe the justice system outside you know it may take years but at least we get that instant um name instant result when you report it in a school 
Okay, so in the incident of rape, or if you come across someone who's been raped, first of all, you should know that you shouldn't like change their clothes or comb their hair, but you should immediately take them to the hospital as they are. So when you get to the hospital, it's usually treated as an emergency case. So you don't have to queue with everyone else there, but you'll go and the doctor will examine you, will do a full examination on you. You'll be given PEP, which is to prevent HIV and other STIs. You'll also be given a pill, P2, so that you don't get pregnant. And this will be this will happen in like 72 hours. Then after that, if you want to report it to the police, then the doctor will then fill a form. I think it's called a prep form. Also, the rape kit will be used to collect any specimens to preserve them. So like semen, hair samples of the guy that may be on you, and then preserve them. Then immediately after that, you can go to the police station and you go to the gender desk and you report it there. Thank you. Thank you guys for sharing your personal and also professional opinions. I think the professional one, I've learned a lot. And thank you for engaging with me and being open. This is a very difficult conversation. I do understand that. And also for, because our podcast is, the target audience is girls and young women, that they now have the information on rape cases in the Kenyan context, in school, and also the procedure of reporting and also post-rape care, the 72 hours. So thank you so much. The views that have been shared here are expressly our own views and they do not reflect the views of Akili Dada or any other affiliate organizations.